Hello. Welcome to the new podcast series, King of the Middle, with Michael Joel Green and Chris Moore. Here's Michael Green. Welcome to King of the Middle podcast. We are very, very glad that you have joined us again, hopefully, or for the first time, welcome. We are two men, two creative types who are who are Christians living in Los Angeles, who have both been pursuing careers in art and creativity, uh, while also trying to honor God while we're doing it. Uh, this tonight, I think we're going to do a a short kind of uh, a special episode. We're going to be talking about Halloween, which is coming up soon. And this thing is something that we both wanted to do because we're both one. We both love horror movies. And two, we've both spent a lot of time, particularly together through the years, talking about horror movies and why we like them, why some people like them, why some people hate them, why we are maybe fearful of them, uh, or are they beneficial? Can they show us anything about the world, uh, or are they to be avoided? Uh, And I think Christians a lot of times also have this sort of uncertainty what to do with them as well. You know, do you participate in watching something about, about... the bad stuff of life, uh, the big E word, evil. Um, so yeah, I want to dive right in. This is a probably a shorter episode tonight, but we were going to be talking about not Halloween in particular, but but horror movies. Uh, and just so happens that this is the time of year where you're most likely to see them. So Chris, history of you and horror movies, uh, go, yeah. take over. Yeah, thanks for that introduction, Michael. Yeah, so we're doing a special bonus episode here essentially uh i do want to mention we have been recording and we're premiering now but we wanted to do an episode out of order because we're premiering during halloween so this may be we'll see there are going to be some things we're going to talk about much deeper about what we're about what king of the middle is about but this is a special bonus that we're recording well into our sessions so the reason we're talking about this horror is again the entire purpose of of our time, Michael and my time, and and the, why we're doing this podcast, King of the Middle, is how as Christians do we deal with issues as artists, topics, genres that are very popular? Uh, how do we deal with them, and how do we deal with them in a way that's that's excellent, that's good? How do we deal with them in our art that is both grounded biblically, and also how do we rise above the mediocrity that's out there? And we both, as you said, Michael, we both love this genre. And so do some of our other friends. I did a podcast recently with another, with an author, a mini series, and we had an, almost the entire thing was about uh, monsters and demons and zombies. And, and there'll be, we'll have a link to that at the bottom of this page. But um, the reason that I think we're so interested in, in this is as, as believers and as artists is it's a gateway. It's an immediate gateway to a secular audience because secular audiences love to deal with deal with spirituality when it's if it's Lord of the Rings sure if you're doing epic fantasy but also they love it if you deal with horror people are willing to accept that there may be a spiritual realm there may be a spirit there may be more to this world than what we see and even if they'd say many people who don't believe in God and and maybe would say they don't believe in spirituality or, or heaven or and hell there's a part of them that actually engages with these movies, and I think it's deeper than just, oh, it's fun and I'm scared. No, I think people, their spirit actually knows there's something honest about it, and it grabs them. And so for us, why we want to talk about this is, how do we deal with this as believers in our art? Can we do it? Can we write stories 
tell tales, write songs about ghouls and, and monsters? And is there a line? Is there a threshold where we're crossing a line? And I think we want to talk about that very, very briefly here and, and talk a little bit about our favorite our favorite films. So, Michael, I want to shoot back to you. What is one of your favorite horror films of all time? Oh, man. Uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, at the risk, I grew up in the 80s, so forgive me for not, <laughs> there's no really high standard of art here, but I grew up in the 80s. I, Halloween was my all-time favorite. I would have all my all my buds over every year around this time and we would watch like every halloween movie there was mm. michael myers you know uh but i i, I did love them. like i the first friday the 13th scared me witless man i mean just crazy mm. scared so i think i grew up in the in the uh the decade of kind of the the jason freddy slasher movies uh i, I think the shining for me was used to be hands down uh that kind of tapped into something uh something deeper i mean i don't want to use the word deeper maybe but different from just slasher uh, that was more uh, yeah it to me like that one wasn't uh, i'm not i'm not explaining myself really well yeah. but uh you you kind of the slasher movies were they, they were what they were you know they were they were fun uh, but then you kind of started getting more. I, I I really hesitate to use the word cerebral because I don't really think that's the word. But I don't know what it was. But uh, you know, I tell you, I think the scariest movie I've seen in the last ten years is uh, The Conjuring, which just I mean I I, <laughs> like I jumped so many times during that movie. So I think we will probably get into why you know why that, that's that's like my favorite or those were my favorites. Uh, I, you know, it's weird because I'm going to go get a little nostalgic here, but when I was growing up and all my buds would come over and we'd watch, you know, Halloween or, you know, Friday the 13th, there would always be that moment where at least one of us would like look out the window at the woodpile or something and, and think we saw it, you know, someone behind the woodpile. Yep. And it would become this huge crazy thing where we're all like daring each other to go out there and check, you know, and we're staring <laughs> out the window thinking we see a shadow move. And... You know, there's something. Why is that? You know, why? Like, what is it? Like, what is it about about some people that love that tension and the fear, and then others don't want any part of it. Like my, like my <laughs> wife. Nope, no part of it at all. Um, yep, my wife. So yeah, slasher movies growing up. I but then kind of, as I went along my life, it was like The Shining, The Conjuring. Um, what about yeah. you? Yeah, I think. A, there are a few, when I really think about it at the time, because I we're the same age, so I grew up with all that stuff, Halloween, which I always liked, but I didn't like Friday the 13th and then where what it went, what it became. But when I watched Friday the 13th a few years ago and went back and watched it, the original with Kevin Bacon, before he was really famous, he gets killed in it very, very early on in a gruesome, <laughs> disturbing way. Um, I was like, oh, that's a, this is actually a great movie. It's actually really, really great. I just dismissed it when I was younger. Also, I wasn't really allowed to watch them when they came out. I was too young, and my parents had a strict lock on HBO because you could only watch R-rated movies on HBO after 8 p.m. You couldn't... There were no R-rated movies on HBO before 8. And so I, there was most things I was denied seeing until I was a little older. <laughs> but ex unless it was on TV. Halloween was on TV in a, you know, a, a, a 
PG version, <laughs> which, but what's, what's interesting, I'd say one of my all time favorites is a movie you and I've watched once or twice together, which is the exorcism of Emily Rose and similar to the conjuring and similar to the exorcist, the William Friedkin movie that was in the seventies, which is the iconic film, um, tubular bells and all that, the music score and everything. Um, actually the exorcism of Emily Rose is based on, I think the same story as the exorcist is but it's a different telling and there have been so many different versions of that that story that have, are based on some of the same facts but what i loved about the exorcism of emily rose is there's actually a god element the, the pastor the priest is a major character who's like this is evil and i can't even defeat it which is the similar theme in the exorcist which i really like having a priest who's like i don't know if i'm if i believe because what's really interesting about horror films especially when you bring in the clergy is the devil will show his hand if he thinks he can break you normally the devil does not show his hand in the real world he keeps everything very smoke and mirror and even even will make you feel good about things that are evil and it's i walked in my wife and i were in taiwan in 2015 or actually early 2016 and i went into one of those big shrines for the first time i'd never been in one and i walked in and saw the Buddha and then like an elephant God and something else. And what was interesting is when I went into that, when I went into that shrine, I didn't, the temple, I didn't feel evil. I actually felt like I was in a house, a house that had some kind of holiness in it. And I was really disturbed. And it wasn't until I stepped down and thought about it that I was like, yes, that's how the devil works. He's not going to show you when you walk in a place like that, that it's evil and you should flee. Even as a Christian, he's going to show you, hey, this is a comfortable place. Come on in. It's not it's not what you think. And then maybe God, the way you think about what you think about God isn't real. So, but anyway, the reason that I like getting back to Emily Rose, Exorcism and Conjuring, as you mentioned, the, the two of the movies so far, is that spiritual element of bringing in God. And it's a way as artists who are Christians, when if we decide to work in this genre, that we can actually talk about these issues and Emily Rose has a super powerful moment where the possessed girl is confronted with the ability to let go of this possession this torment that she has but she is told through this Holy Spirit and in this movie I believe that it actually they say it's Mary it's it's Jesus mother says you can let go of this and we will we will remove it but if you don't many people will come to know God and that every time I think about that scene and I, I see it, I start getting choked up and, and broken up about that because that is powerful to say, even in evil, God is there and he knows what's going on. It's like Job and, and he will allow the devil to do workings, but God is still there above it and will not let the devil win. And if you, if you stay true and you hold on. So for me, that's why I, I really like horror films when done right. And I really think as artists, there's something we can see and we can do if we're going to go into this realm. Um, you know, when we bring in the spiritual and not just the evil spiritual, but the, the godly part of it, which is lost in a lot of films, but the best like exorcist conjuring Emily Rose, that they're there. Um, so but I, but I wanted to go back to you and ask you, Michael, show throwback that, um, you know, what does, if we're as artists, how do you feel, um, 
because I, I know you've talked to me in the past that you have at least an idea or two about some ghost story tales that you'd like to tell or some horror. How do you feel about that? Because you haven't written any of those stories yet. What do you feel about that? How Do you feel that it's safe? Because do we open ourselves up to some kind of a, a danger if we if we engage in the art, you know, in, in our talents with this? What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think first we need to, we need to, I guess, define what I'm, so we need to set the parameters in a way in that first question we always have to ask is, is there a spiritual dimension? Is there, is there a a dimension we can't see? Uh, So, you know, you can have a naturalistic worldview that says this is just all there is. Uh, I do believe some people want to get too much into that realm. And so that's going to broach a little bit on your question. Uh, uh, the story you mentioned, I think it was a, it's this idea I've had for a while. It's like a, a love story combined with a ghost story. Um, and, you know, those are questions that I, you know, I, I have been, uh, I've had experiences in my life where I have, I have experienced that other dimension and they weren't, they, it was, it wasn't friendly either. Uh, you know, I, I can, the big one was back when I lived in Seattle, but even in, uh, Los Angeles, I, at one time I, I was doing a play at this, uh, really famous, uh, spiritual center in town. And uh, the leader of it, you know, was like a, an Oprah favorite. And uh, and while I was there, like rehearsing, I could I could sense uh, something. And it was it was it was not it was another dimension. I mean, it was, I could sense a, a a spiritual force there. And to me, it was oppressive feeling and um it scared me so i actually called a couple of uh, well, pastor and then a friend and just said hey man i'm at this i'm at this place right here and i'm i'm ex- i sense this pray for me uh uh i guess i can when i lived in seattle i i for three months i was uh, i was tormented by a uh a spiritual being uh, and I, I believe it was a demonic being that would, uh, every minute of every day for three months, uh, condemn, try to condemn me. Uh, it was like a 100-pound bag over my shoulders every day. And that was the roughest time, roughest three months of my life. Uh, didn't plan on telling that story right now, mm-hmm. you know, here, but mm-hmm. it's it goes to your question in that, I know I've known that and I would be driving in my car and just have these voices screaming curses at me you know you're you're damned to hell or whatever and have to pull over in my car and just weeping praying like Lord you know Lord you know and the day that that actually lifted like I was I was I was working in this Dell coffee shop and I was making a, a coffee for somebody and I felt it lift and it was as if someone had just lifted a, uh, a, a, a car off my shoulders. 
and it was it was incredible to know that I was free to, that that was free uh, and that God had lifted that from me. Mm-hmm. So, if having experienced that and knowing uh, knowing that this other dimension exists, but we also have to ask then if this other dimension exists, what what are what, who is in it? Are they all good forces? Are they all bad forces? You and I, we come from a biblical worldview, which says there are angels and demons and they're fighting. Um, so that's that's how I have to look at it. Uh, Satan and his and his demons. So why in the world would I want to open myself up for that when after all that happened, I was like, I don't ever want to go through that again. I don't even want to think about this stuff anymore. Um, so I think the question then becomes, is it, can you do it to a certain degree? Can you write uh, a ghost story, a horror movie? Uh, and where's the line? Like, I have to think, like, my, every Christmas, my family and I watch uh, one of the versions of Scrooge, you know, A Christmas Carol. And that's a ghost story, but we love that, you know, because it's, it's showing redemption through God, you know. Uh, so why is that? So what's what's the line there? And I don't know. Could I write a ghost story and not be scared of opening up some, you know, avenue to oppression like I had when I, you know, back in nineteen or ninety nine, two thousand in Seattle? I hope so. Uh, but if it was a, even a question, I'd probably decline to do it. Hmm. Mm. May maybe very wise. Um, it's interesting because in both times that you've spoken uh, so far tonight. You said two things that were interesting. When you first talked about why you liked Friday the 13th and the uh, the Jason movies, the, the Halloween and all, um, what's interesting, what's very interesting about those movies are they show, without spiritual, put it aside, whether before those movies became about supernatural crazy stuff, let's just look at the, the first two movies, the first one of each, Friday the 13th and Halloween. What you have... Um, and similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the 70s, the classic that kicked it, all this stuff off, you have stories that are about people who are bad, who are evil, doing evil stuff, and everybody knows they're evil, and everybody's trying to stop them from their evil. What's really interesting about those stories are the world, whether you believe in God or not, there are more absolutes. That's the key here. There's a lot of this moral relativism that we have today And these kind of stories say, nope, every person on earth knows that when they see one of these stories, there is no moral relativism. There are absolute truths. These individuals are evil, killing people who shouldn't. Death is final. Wrongful death is final. There's no grace because what's interesting too is the big thing that was started in Halloween that's much talked about in academia when you talk about film is the people who get canned in those movies in particular, the very first ones that get killed in Halloween are two kids that just had sex. And I think Kevin Bacon was making love to the, his characters, making love to someone before he gets axed in Friday the 13th. And it's this sense of there's this weird, crazy, evil judge and jury of people's supposed transgressions uh, because Hollywood doesn't actually see those as transgressions, but there there's this gracelessness, but it's final it's death and we all know it's wrong and what's interesting about this these kinds of stories are you get an opportunity when you have the crazy psycho killer to pull people in 
and look at and examine a situation and say, this is wrong. And it does open a door if you are working on something as a believer to say, how can I not engage in the uh, the purient, as they would say, or the uh, the sensationalized version of, of it, but can you do anything with these, these stories? Can you do anything new with the, this genre that even if you're not dealing with spiritual stuff, you're dealing with right and wrong. And I think is definitely as artists, that's something to consider. Uh, but it's very hard because the line is, where do we cross a line to become gory for shock's sake? Period. If we're going to use those old tropes, which have been around again since Halloween one in the 70s, you go after the kids that are, you know, doing bad. You know, they're, they're not following the moral churchy way of life. So get rid of them. So the thing, the thing becomes, how do we use that stuff without the cliches? But uh, knowing that there's a real opportunity without the spirit realm. But then you went and said and shared that story, which is powerful, um, very powerful about your experiences with spiritual stuff and and which is traumatizing. And you look at that and say, well, that stuff is real. And if I use this genre to do something where I actually show it, I'm helping possibly other people, other other believers and non-believers to say, you better bet your life that this stuff is real. And if you can only have the blinders pulled all of us to see, uh, you would be shocked at how many things that go wrong in your life are actually because there is a, there is a devil. There is evil. There is a Lucifer who's fallen from grace with God who is trying to ruin you. And, um, But it's a matter of conscience. Like you said, can you do it? I'm scared to do it. I'm actually scared. I have a, a number of stories I've wanted to work on over the years. And I think you and I have even talked about at least one story. Where we're like, hey, we could do this. But honestly, I felt scared because I do it exactly what you said happens when you're watching the horror movies. Even if it's a Jason movie, I start looking at the windows. I see shadows. And whether the, anything beyond that happens, the enemy knows how to turn the screws on me and say, oh, I'm going to get you really scared if you start working on this stuff. I'm going to get you scared. And I and you can bet your life if you actually go full bore and tell a story about God in the world with the devil walking around doing stuff and you actually believe in the Lord, you can bet that you're going to have a spiritual press back against you. You can bet that you are. If you're trying to do something to expose the devil, you bet, you bet. So that it's a tough issue. I'd really be curious what people, anyone who sees this podcast, who's an artist who's actually engaged in that in that field, what they'd have to say. We do have a friend in common, Brian Gadawa, who writes and who who's specifically written in, in some of these genres. And he's like bold. He's like, I'm doing it. And he's he's OK with it. But I don't know that I have his constitution uh, to be able to go into that area. <laughs> so anyway, any comments uh, for you uh, about about this <laughs> in light of what I just said? Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I th- um yeah, I, you know, I, you mentioned the uh, the book of Job earlier. That's a book in the Bible, and it's about a man who is said to be righteous, uh, righteous in God's sight. And the devil, the devil, kind of comes to God and says, "Well, he won't, Job won't be so righteous if you know he loses all this stuff." So God actually allows the devil to take Job's family. I mean, basically his whole life away. Uh, and at the very end, it says, you know, Job did not did not sin against God, and uh, God restored him at the end. But you made a point of 
if you're trying to draw attention to these issues, or even just to live righteously, the devil is going to you got a target on your back. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I don't know. I think uh, the the spiritual realm is weird. <laughs> That's this. Uh, most of us would like to not think about it too much. But at the same time, look at the damage we are doing by not thinking about it. Uh, the Bible speaks very clearly of it. You know, what is Ephesians says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against uh, principalities and spirits. Uh, so there is this other dimension. I think God is very gracious that he doesn't allow us to see it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like movies like Constantine or The Sixth Sense or whatever. Uh, no, I shouldn't say whatever. Uh, or The Sixth Sense where, you know, someone is given a curse, a blessing and a curse. Uh, the curse that they later find out can be a blessing, but it's it's a terror. It's it's horrible, you know. It's a. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I th- I don't know, man. Are there people and are there artists and filmmakers and musicians or whatever that that actually have more of a. Uh, sh- the veil has been lifted more for them, and they are seeing that dimension more clearly. M- it's more visible to them than it is mm. for the majority of us. Um, I don't know. I would imagine so, though. Uh, mm-hmm. What I want to ask you, because you just brought it up, it was the next thing in my my notes here. Question was um, the Sixth Sense. Now I love that movie. It's one of my favorite you know, horror genres. I think it's the best, singular best uh, M Night Shyamalan uh, uh, film. I, I was born and raised in the Philadelphia area. So also I extra like that, have extra liking for the movie because it's set in Philly. Um, but what's what's interesting about that film is I remember at the time it came out when I was finishing up at Christian University. Uh, I was in Virginia and I remember it came out and people loved it and, and people were talking about it and I was really moved by it. But I remember I remember one of the professors said, yeah, it's very nice Hollywood entertainment, but it's complete rubbish because of ghosts. Saying that there are people who are stuck between the realm of heaven and hell is not biblical. Um, and this is an area that I'd like to do some more research about. And maybe we have a discussion. We have an article or something that we're going to publish along with this. I'm going to do some research that goes along with this podcast. And I'll put some links down wherever you're seeing this podcast. But what's interesting, I ever since that time, I always that stuck with me that, yeah, you know, as believers... As believers, we do have to wonder when we're dealing with ghost stories, the only time we see a ghost biblically is when when Saul is looking for help to say, what do I do? And Samuel comes and says, quit bothering me. And there's another situation. There's that. And I think there's one other situation. There may be another. I may be. I may actually be off base. But Saul and Samuel yeah. calling him up. Now, the thing is, though, we know. We know that he's not just hanging around a spirit floating around. He's actually with God or in the waiting place before Jesus came and saved us to allow everybody to go. He's in the waiting place. But we also have the story of the man, the guy dies and he has a big family and he says, he calls up to heaven and says, if I can just go back and just tell my family that this stuff is real, I would, I would appreciate the opportunity. And he's told, he's told 
no, you can't go back because they won't believe you and listen anyway, even if they know. So we know of two situations at minimum in the Bible where someone is dead and not in heaven and is saying, I'd like to go. And the other situation we know is Samuel, who's told, who comes and says, quit bugging me. But that's not, those are not situations of ghost walking around. And the only other cases that we have biblically throughout where there are demons and there are spirits, they're devil-based activity. In other words, they are legion. They're engaged with the devil. They are doing his work. And we know biblically that the devil and his minions are walking around, but they're not ghosts. They're not people who died and who are like trying to figure out where they go. And it's, that's a tough issue because as believers as us writing, especially if we want to engage in this culture again and tell stories, and we're trying to do stories that engage the culture and that are good. And we go into the genre in this, in this, into this, if, if we tell these kind of stories, the problem is we get ourselves maybe into some trouble with ghost tales. Uh, and I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I mean, I know what the Bible says, and I don't know apologetics that would say it's okay to tell the ghost tale because there is some biblical grounding. And I admit, and I apologize that we're doing this podcast and I actually don't have an answer right now. Um, cause we just kind of put this just for the audience out there. We kind of put this idea together in the last, the last half day. We're like, we need, let's talk about this cause Halloween's coming. It's perfect opportunity, but I haven't actually had the time that I should have to be, do the scholarly work. So I, I will have to do it in the written form, um, below, below, below this podcast. But, but anyway, what do you, what do you think about that? What do you, do you know anything? Have you ever heard anything about the ghosts in Christianity? Man, it's I. I'm gonna plead the argument. I just don't know. Um, there was a guy that was in. I I was leading a uh, uh, church community group Bible study for several years, and there was this couple that that came. And the guy one time we were going around telling. Uh, I can't remember what we were even talking about, but he started. This guy was not very talkative. He did not like to draw attention to himself. Uh, his wife was kind of the extrovert of the couple. And next thing you know, the guy kind of looks and says, yeah, I grew up in a haunted house. And we kind of, everyone <laughs> double take, you know, we were kind of like on, <laughs> we've been talking about popcorn or something right, right before. And uh, the guy starts telling us about growing up in this house in the Bay Area, where pretty much every night for the first 17 years he was in the house, a ghost would come. And he was telling stories that, I mean, one time he, you know, he walked, it was his mother, and he followed her down the hall, and then he came back because he got scared, and the next day he was like, Mom, and she was like, I never got out of bed all night. Um, on and on, you know, but the stories were not, they were so detailed, and they were coming from this guy who never drew attention to himself and was not an attention seeker. And then he said that one night he woke up and he was floating above his bed. And it felt just like the worst pain of all time. And he said something like, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you or something like that. And then it left him and then it dropped him back down to the bed. So I don't know what to do with that, dude. I, I have no idea. Uh, I know there are ghosts in the Bible in those instances. Uh, at the same time, we don't believe uh, in purgatory, uh, we don't believe in this limb, uh, limbo state. I don't know. And, and then, um, uh, ghost versus demon. I don't know. There's a, I mean, we can do a lot of scholarly research 
and yeah. biblical research, I'm sure, at the same time, there is ghosts have fascinated and confused us for, I mean, there's nowhere in the Bible that says ghosts don't exist. And we know the Bible says demons exist. Yeah. So I don't know what to do with that. I, yeah. I don't want to, it's hard for me to discount this guy from my group. Yep. Because the story was so just one detailed and then i actually ended up telling my uh, uh my story that i told a little earlier on here and after that after i got through speaking he looked at me and said yeah I, that sounds a lot like what my experience hmm. like i relate to that and what i would toss in there is that could be a demon rather than a ghost yeah, like there's a difference and that's the question is are demons doing things because they know about the dead and they can be they can haunt a place of yeah. darkness because they actually know these shows where guys go out with the with their electromagnetic recorders and they record stuff and play it back and it darn well really does on occasion sound like real things are being said sometimes it's they're saying it and then they play it and it's like well of course it sounds like what you just said because you you already put it in my head but there are times where it's like it really sounds like things before they even tell you what what they're what, when they play it back. Yeah. They let you decide, and you hear that, and I go, "Well, it can be demon, it could be totally just made up stuff, or it could be that there are spirits that." And I, I don't know biblically again. And as far as purgatory, even for Catholics who believe in purgatory, you still go to one place or the other. The other purgatory is a place to burn off your sin. Um, you still that that still you're in heaven you're just adjacent to heaven in purgatory so that still doesn't purgatory doesn't even that that's not an answer for ghosts because so yeah it's really it's really interesting but the question becomes as christians is it okay even if it's biblically if ghosts are there really aren't ghosts it's demons and it's and that's it if you tell a ghost tale about a benevolent ghost who's lost are you in the wrong and that that's where i guess i would say for me if if i heard a tale a story it was being made and, and somebody said you want to read this book or, or watch this story i would be like i guess i got to know what it's about before i do it like if you're going to get into ghosts and this thing that sounds that this genre that sound this offshoot of horror i'd have to be like what are you doing with it um and yeah now in the secular for secular films i don't have a problem with it because you're not making a religious statement one of my favorite movies is a of recent years is called a ghost story and it's rooney mara and casey affleck they're like a couple and he dies and it just he becomes a ghost and just inhabits the area where he dies and the whole movie is virtually no dialogue and i love it it's mesmerizing but it is not you know it's not a religious film they're not trying to make a religious statement so i'm like it doesn't bother me um, but i would not write that story so anyway, any other any other thoughts or comments? I think one thought I was having is would a person's worldview, uh, let me define what I mean by that, um, worldview, how you see life, how you see the meaning of life. Uh, so if your worldview said there is no benevolent God in the universe, that is one day going to defeat evil and wrong and injustice. Um, other worldview would say that God does not exist. Uh, there's just us. There's just here right now. So there is no 
guarantee that one day evil will come and be judged. Our evildoers will be judged. So depending on one's worldview, whether you look at the world with the hope of a God that comes to judge evil and to do away with it, or you say there's nothing else and evil probably wins, is that going to determine whether or not you enjoy horror movies or is that going to influence your viewing of them? Is that going to how is that going to shape your attitude or your uh, to t- your penchant towards um, this sort of material? Well, it's interesting because yeah, this, I'm glad that you said this. Um, something I've thought a lot about, which is we live in an age now where people, I think, more and more people believe. Oh yeah, there there may be a spiritual realm, but it's God isn't good. So what you see a lot now coming out in the mainstream storytelling media, Hollywood can be books coming out of New York, you know, in, in this country, um, all over mainstream is there's a spiritual realm. And as a matter of fact, there might even they like to tell stories of God, but God's not good, and the devil's not all that bad. So they're just two two entities that kind of are related. Maybe they're brothers, who knows, whatever the, the stories. There's this. There's a graphic novel series that was made into a show on AMC called Preacher. And it's, you know, it just tells the tale that God and the devil are neither all good nor all bad. And we may be in an age where more and more people are believing that that might be possible, that there is spiritual realm. And it's just as screwed up and bad as we are here, which means there are people who do good because of themselves and the lives they led and maybe what they become in the spirit world. And then there's then there's evil, and that's surely out there. And it's more of just another reflection or a variation of what we have here. And definitely the 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 theory of reincarnation and that comes from, I guess, Hindu and the religions that that believe in that believe in reincarnation is you just keep going through all the bad until you become good. And then eventually something happens between the collective or some spiritual realm you get to where you're good. But you have to keep going through a lot to get to that place. And if you believe that, then you would surely say, oh, yeah, I believe in spirits and there's all kinds of stuff going on. People might be between death and life. They're getting reincarnated. They're floating around before they and some people don't want to reincarnate. So they're walking around. So when you look at it, it's not an automatic given that if you see ghosts, you believe in ghost stories, you like ghost films and 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 stories of that nature, and even stories about demons, you may just think this is just another spiritual ver- variation of the world that we live in and that maybe it is real, but you don't necessarily point to God. And I think that's maybe part of why we don't see a lot of horror films that actually talk about God, like Emily Rose, like The Conjuring, like The Exorcist. You don't have as many because people are willing to accept that maybe it's real, but that doesn't mean that God's real. And we know there are absolute truths. There's absolute good. There is most definitely absolute evil. And there's no possible way there could just be evil and spirits out there and there not be good. And and it this can't just all have come from nothing. Uh it, it it actually defies any kind of or, sense, or know. that it or that it wins in the end, right? And there's never going to be a recompense for it. I was watching uh, a buddy and I. This about two weeks ago. We we uh, we watched uh, Paranormal Activity three, and I think I had seen the first one. And man, like, I guess I expected it, but at the end of the movie, like everybody, died, the the evil the evil witch. Or evil demon, whatever the evil sorceress or whatever, uh, kills the heroes and wins. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and uh, I think I expected it, but at the same time, you know, the I almost said the beauty. I should one of the what I know. I know what we love about a horror movie is that it's this just constant tension, and then you get the release at the end, and the release is either if the evil monster or whatever you know is killed, or the movie's credits roll and you just turn on the lights and eat, keep eating your popcorn. Uh, but I remember I was watching this movie and just thinking, man, it's a, it's a, it's a little unsatisfying. I've invested an hour and a half here and I have to think it has to do with the worldview of the filmmaker. I don't know. I, it could be wrong, but I think if, a as you, as you're mentioning a worldview that kind of doesn't believe in a uh, a final judgment on evil uh and evil is just you know just the way it is and it's never going to, it's going to go unchecked forever then you're going to make a grim nihilistic movie where the good people get killed at the end uh but for me it was a little unsatisfying uh, and i have to think it's i i have to you know maybe more than any other genre a horror movie or a ghost story reflects the writer's worldview. And you can tell the writer's worldview by the movie or book you've just read. There is an interesting variation on the dark ending where evil wins, which is Rosemary's Baby is a classic example. Yeah. And it, Roman Polanski directed it. And I'm not sure that he actually, I'm not sure what his view is on spirituality. Um, he's. I'm pretty certain he's Jewish, so he comes from the tradition of like you have this tradition of God seriously in your your life and your your ancestors. But it wrote in Rosemary's Baby. The end is if you are connected to the devil, evil in a way that is evil is reliant upon you somehow for has given you this amazing like the devil is giving you some huge charge that's like a high honor your human condition even with rosemary and rosemary's baby is i'm i could never do this i'm scared out of my mind and then when it push comes a shove and she gives birth to a demon baby she's like give it to me when it's crying i'll take care of it and hereditary which is not necessarily a movie that i really like came out in the last couple of years it's a similar story that you find a family has been tormented by evil and it's basically because the youngest son is the heir to a satanic king lord of, of the devil and in the end he has to accept the reins and he goes okay i'm going to accept the reins as a devil as a new incarnation of the devil one of the devil's kings and those kind of stories are actually interesting because they do tell something serious Again, for us as Christians to look at a story like that and as writers and, and artists and say, there is something interesting to be told about the human weakness to actually latch on to evil given the right circumstances because of temptation. And I do appreciate those movies and which, although I hate the movie Witch, uh, I, I hate the end of the movie. The, the girl in the end of that as well does the same thing. She says... The devil is the only one here. He's evil. He's killed everything. But I can be free from my my puritanical background if I accept him, and I'm going to go ahead and do it. Now, I hate that movie because that movie supposes that when the family is praying to the Lord that God's silent and deaf, and there's no way God's going to do that when the devil's coming at you that hard where he's physically present in the world killing your kids. God is not going to sit back, and that's not Job. I mean, God let Job 
experience death in his family and things be taken away, but God saved him when he prayed in the end. And which does not do that. The father who's praying for the deliverance never gets it. That's not, that is, I, that is what I'm talking about as an example of a way not to do a story as a believer. Um, but hereditary is more honest. And so is Rosemary's baby and those kind of stories. Yeah, I agree. I, I might've so, been wrong about that whole worldview thing. I said, uh, no, I think you're, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And, I think I might've been wrong. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right because I think we have a tendency of attaching to darkness and the question becomes, um, yeah, the question, because if you don't believe in these things, if you don't believe in God, you're going to accept much more willingly, yeah. Yeah. uh, stories about the darkness that it is how it is it is the way the world is it is the way life is now i did say something a few minutes ago about how could you if you believe in demons how on earth could you not believe in god well that's exactly it you can actually easily not believe in god and say as you were saying michael that there's a balance we we know moral outrage now my argument as a believer is how on earth can i be more just than the universe if there's no God, how can I know what's right and wrong and be morally outraged, especially if I see the end of a movie where we acknowledge there's evil, there's a spiritual presence, and that evil presence kills everybody who's good or who's trying to stop it. If I'm not morally, if I'm morally outraged because I think we all feel that's wrong, something's wrong with that. If you actually think the universe operates in a way that that kind of evil is nor is okay and that there isn't a, a counterbalance to it, it's like I don't know how you could even justify. I mean, I guess I understand how you could justify it. You just think the world is similar to this world. It's good and it's bad. It's broken. But we know in our spirit, we've been given the knowledge that, and everybody has, that there is actually good. And our quest for justice and right is legit. And there is such a thing. And the spiritual realm is most definitely, it's it's abides by those rules. There is good and just and right. And evil does not triumph. Uh, and our little physical corporeal bodies in this world where we know it and we're trying to as best we can to live that way even when we're not looking to god for answers to how to how to deal with our problems we know that that's true and uh i guess the the big takeaway from this is you have a lot of room in these kinds of films to go to that place as a believer and tell a good story that flushes these complications out and and you can do great you know you can do valuable work in it but it takes a lot of prayer to be like, Father, is it okay for me to do this? Because for me, I am i don't feel comfortable with it. Uh, telling evil, having evil characters, yes. A Jason character, no problem. You know, a, a Jason or a Michael Myers, no problem. But a demon, or a, a, that's where I start to get scared. <laughs> so, I agree, I agree. Yeah. I, I, can, uh, I can write psychopath, sociopathic murders... I love it because I love opening myself up. You know, I yeah. love that. I yeah, love yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. allowing myself to go really to those dark places. But that's within myself. The yeah. other that that stuff it scares me so much, especially with kind of my past. That I think I'm with you. I'm I'm scared. I'm scared to open that door. Um, although I will say that I think you just proved the existence of. God, you, I think horror movies prove the existence of God in that if there is no objective truth that we all know, we can't be horrified at the evil that goes on in horror movies. Uh, because if all we are is our own reality that we get to make and make our own truth, then you can't say that that evil is wrong of that person. Uh, and it just goes to show you that the law has been written on our hearts. 
Uh, that's what God says, that he's written the law in our hearts. And we know that those that murder, the killing, these things are evil. And it just shows that there was a lawgiver uh, that gave us the law. Uh, there was a heart shaper that wrote the law on our hearts. So in that way, I think they're very beneficial because they prove that yeah, there is a standard of goodness that is we all know. Uh, and if there's not, and then I can look at whatever, any, any horror movie you can, No Country for Old Man or you know, Anton Chigurh, well, fine, he's just doing his own truth. Uh, so I think that's a great, you, may, you make a great point with that. It's a horror movie show almost as well as any other genre objective truth and that we all know is true and i think it's just in the end it's like what are you going to do with that uh you know where do, where does it come from what are you going to do with that um because if i believed you know in if i believe in that realm or that sort of evil but i don't believe in a someone more powerful than that that can judge it and and wipe it out then I'm going to be a very depressed person. I'm, a, I'm going to be very fatalistic. I'm going to be very unhappy. Uh, but a great hope being, yeah, there is going to come a day when the one who gave us this conscience, this law written upon our hearts, is going to judge it. And uh, evildoers are going to be judged. And, uh, and every tear will be wiped away. And that is, that is our great hope. Yeah, good closing words. I think that was a good, good way to end it. We could talk about this for hours, and we will probably come back to the subject matter in the sometime in the future because there's a lot more to be said about what what bad and evil says about God, what it says about the how the more the better and more articulate we can be as believers and artists uh, about these the apologetics, these arguments about good and evil, the better we'll be in our work that we're doing, and. Uh, we've just barely scratched the surface of of this discussion uh so <laughs> this was the the teaser to this moral discussion which we'll be continuing in the in the as the time goes on as we talk so awesome well thank you michael good thoughts well, thank you chris Thanks um, for tonight th and thank you everybody for listening and we hope that rest of your week uh and as you start the holiday season uh you have a wonderful blessed week uh, again, we thank you and keep listening. This is King of the Middle Podcast. Goodbye. Awesome. Good night. Bye. Thanks for listening to King of the Middle with Michael Joel Green and Chris Moore. Check us out on YouTube or Facebook if you'd like to see the vidcast version of this podcast.